Tommy going up against the advice of all health officials flying to New York, uh, spreading the COVID across the country. Yep. Um, tough, but hey, at some point, I guess you got to live your life like Clay Travis. Yep. FOE, man. Family over everything. It's going to be my next hat on my chest. COVID times. I'm, I'm back in the Merritt Lane studios. Lee, are you at uh, Iron Gate? I am indeed. I'm here back in the uh, my, my childhood home, so to speak, uh, for the Thanksgiving times. Won't be too long, but yeah, I'm in the Iron Gate studio. And I'm over at the newly minted Oak Street studio on the East Coast. <laughs> A.K.A. Bluff 2.0. A.K.A. Bluff 2.0. A.K.A. The, the back door of a local hair salon in Long Island. We, but we're not going to get into that. Hey, I mean, any, any way you can get those studios to expand the network. That's, I mean, you got yep. you got to jump on properties when you can uh, these days. Yep. There's a couple Emmys in that studio. <laughs> <laughs> right in front of me. Um, so uh, one of the games is already postponed. It's the big, that's yeah. the big news. So stupid. So uh, the the game. It, yeah, the game a great uh, a great slate uh, destroyed. Now it's uh, Lions, Texans, and Dallas and Washington. What is it? It really just castrated the slate, didn't it? Yeah, it, it was like a it was a really it was a slate I was looking forward to and then I realized after this game got canceled the main reason why I was looking forward to it was because the Ravens and Steelers were playing, you know, in prime time. But we'll, Yeah, we'll I mean it, it was it was basically like, hey, you know, we'll get through the first one cuz we're Lions fans. We can talk ourselves into the Washington Dallas game for NFC East uh considerations and then we'll get the big the big ticket game at night, but uh, alas, it's, 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 tomorrow, I think. yeah, <laughs> something like, I saw someone on Twitter said that, uh, NBC should, uh, replay the butt fumble game. So that's, that's my vote. Um, but, uh, Texans and the Lions, man, uh, Lions coming off, uh, probably the most embarrassing loss of the Patricia era, perhaps. I don't know. doesn't get worse much than the, the Darnold Monday nighter for his first game ever, but, uh, losing twenty to zero to a uh, Panthers team without Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater and one of the worst statistical defenses and having your first uh, shutout since two thousand and nine uh, is a tough way to do it. I think it kind of puts the nail in the coffin for the Patricia era. Um, there's no really any mathematical way for this team to find its way into the playoffs at this point with the uh, the strong NFC and. Um, I think that they're going to lose to the Texans just because Deshaun Watson is uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he played extremely well against the Patriots, who um, he kind of had been coming along uh, defensively. And you're looking at this for the Texans, too. I mean, they've lost uh, Randall Cobb for a good amount of time. It doesn't seem like Kenny, uh, Kenny Stills is going to play either. He didn't make the trip, but... Uh, even with that said, I just think that they're going to um, be able to get some points against this terribly, terrible, slow Detroit defense. Yeah, not much to add there. Um, Tommy, I don't want to spoil what Tommy's saying too much, but we were talking a little bit earlier about just like the numbers on this game and how Houston's favored by three and a half. It was three earlier in the week. Um, and just like who, what side I would take. Uh, and honestly, I don't know if I'd be confident to bet I, enough to bet either side because I think these are two bad teams, but ultimately I would have to lean Houston just because I think they're better. And like you said, Clutch, with Deshaun Watson, I just don't – the Lions are playing uninspired and they just look like, at least last week, I didn't even watch that much of the game, but from what I saw, I mean, it just was not worth watching. They looked really bad. So I think the Patricia era is indeed over. Um and yeah, I think Houston's gonna roll. Yeah, I'm on Houston as well. I'm. I think I'm gonna bet them. Um, I've I've talked about it last week with the Patriots. You know, this Houston defense is pretty bad. But um, if DeAndre Swift is out and you're you know gonna be forced to use carry on and, and AP uh, to attack this this rush defense, I think that you know they'll it'll probably be you know a plus plus uh, run offense, but Swift is a real difference maker. And Kenny Galladay, man, like when the Lions don't have Kenny Galladay, Stafford does not look like a really good quarterback. 
Um, Hawkinson is your number one guy, and, you know, he's a tight end who's not incredibly dynamic, and, you know, Marvin Jones has been nice, but um, I was getting ready to back Detroit if Galladay was back and maybe a healthy Swift, but right now I just think Deshaun Watson is playing, might be playing the best football of his career. Um, I think the fact that this Houston team is as competitive as they are, not that they're very competitive, but the fact that you know, they were able to beat a tough Patriots team last week. They have an offense that can score points. Um, I think it's a testament to just how well Deshaun Watson is playing. And I think this game, um, you know, the Lions should be able to get some stuff going offensively. But I just got to go with the better quarterback. Um, and, you know, this is more of just a ride with Deshaun, fade Patricia, you know. So uh, I'm with you guys. In terms of the total, uh, I don't really know what to think. I don't know about you guys at 51, but... Um, yeah, we will. Uh, we will see. This is a Texans look or nothing for me. Uh, Tommy, the Cowboys last week. Big, They're back, big, baby. Big win against back. The, the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings had won three straight games against NFC North opponents. Came into that one, um, and Dallas off the bye was able to. You still, still, you know, some struggles defensively for sure, but it wasn't a complete sieve, and uh, able to get some things going on offense with Andy Dalton in there. Are you? thinking that they can maybe I, I personally just based on the schedule that they have left they have the most nfc east divisional games and the Bengals left in their schedule so i think uh they have the best chance to to win the division here but um i don't know i, I kind of have some some washington tingles uh for this for this yeah. game tomorrow um so where where is your head at you know clep um I think I'm I'm with you, man. This again, I don't know how much has changed since our last Washington game that we all previewed, and I just think Washington matches up really well against the Cowboys. The Cowboys' offensive line, I mean, for one, Minnesota's defense—that's that's a really bad performance for them. They don't really have as much of a, a pass rush, and their secondary—you know—we've been talking about for now two years being a pretty bad secondary. And I just think Washington's defense is a little bit more alive. I know their secondary isn't anything really to write home about, but it just comes down to that pass rush. And we saw in that first matchup when Washington was able to win 25 to three, I don't think it's going to be that big of a, a, you know, disparity in the, in the points, but the difference is Alex Smith, you know, is playing, I don't want to say good football, but their offense I think is probably as live as it's ever been with Alex Smith as compared to Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins. And I still just don't, this Cowboys defense is still bad. They still can't cover Terry. Antonio Gibson is playing better and better every week. And then defensively, it's just going to come down to the trenches. If Washington's able to get half the pressure they were in the first matchup, I think they're going to win this game just because it throws the whole Cowboys offense um, off rhythm. And that was something that Minnesota wasn't really able to do. So I think I'm actually going to be picking the football team in this one, and I'll take them with the points um, in what should be a, an ugly game. I'm going back to the well. Best bets, my first losing week last week. Give me the boys minus three. Uh I honestly, I think this is probably kind of a 50-50 game, but just based off of the fact that I think this division is very bad and evenly matched in its badness, um, I don't see Washington winning this game twice. Uh, we got the Cowboys at home coming off a huge win, Thanksgiving. I like the way Dalton, the difference is, Tommy, you want to talk about from the first matchup and this matchup is we hadn't really seen Dalton work necessarily other than maybe for a quarter against the Giants. Last week against Minnesota, we saw Dalton kind of work a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying he's Dak, but we saw a full-game performance where that was a hot Minnesota team. We were all on them. I They were one of my best bets, and, the, and Dallas went in there and played a really good game. And I'm not going to – Washington still will give them fits up front and at the line of scrimmage, but I think that Dallas ultimately – and I've said this about a couple teams in this division. They, they kind of see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I think they were – their franchise situationally was in such a bad position before that last Washington game. And I just think it's kind of a dip. There's a different nature uh, in, in the Dallas Cowboys organization right now. That leads me to believe that they very well may get this last playoff spot that we all were kind of like, even with how bad the division was kind of scoffing at that idea a week ago, two weeks ago, they showed me against Minnesota that they are, you know, still fighting for that playoff spot. I think it does mean a lot to Jerry. And I think that, Washington, I've been too hard on them all year probably, but I still think they're one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I think the Cowboys are going to rise above here. And three, kind of a lot. If you can get it at two and a half, that, that would be preferable. But, hey, we worked through Fox Bet, and I'm laying the three here for my first best bet. 
Um, I guess we can just talk about the the Ravens Steelers game uh, by Sunday. It might change who is available for this one or not. Um, a lot of offensive linemen for the Ravens are out right now. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are out. I think they might be out for the game because they were positive tests. Um, but still, some things to to sort out in terms of maybe the personnel. So maybe hold off betting on this one uh, so far if uh, if you want to. But I think I think the more the conversation, honestly, about this game should be about um, or the Ravens. Uh, I think the Steelers are, will win it. And I think the Ravens, I mean, you look at their schedule coming up and, and it gets pretty pretty forgiving for them. They have uh, the, the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Bengals. They do have a game against the Browns. But I'm, I don't know. I, they're, they're a weird team this year. Um, they're, Lamar, I think, has had one of the biggest, uh, if not the biggest, quarterback uh, rating drop from last year to this year out of all starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, last year was kind of a historic mark for him, but um, it hasn't translated to 2020. And if I mean, if they have any hope of the division lead, they need to win this one. Obviously, I don't think that happens with how far ahead Pittsburgh is, but they got to start getting concerned about this wild card race in the AFC because there's a lot of teams in the mix there. And if they keep, you know, if they stick at this six win mark, uh, things are going to get tough for them. Yeah, I think there's no way this team misses the playoffs. I really – and I honestly would lean towards picking them uh, on Sunday. I just think that the Steelers are probably a better team and the Ravens might be a little banged up, but you're giving me four and a half points. I don't see the Steelers blowing them out. I think their defense is still good. I'm not a huge Lamar guy necessarily, but I still think that he can produce, especially when the chips are against him. You know, like I think that – the chip on the Ravens' shoulder is growing bigger and bigger, and we're going to see whether or not they can really execute at a high level. I think that they've kind of played their way out of the um, kind of Super Bowl favorite or heavyweight role that they've had recently, but I still think that they're absolutely live. I don't think they're going to lose to the Jaguars or the Bengals. I think they're much better than the Browns, to put it in perspective. Like, although the Browns have a better record, I think the Ravens are going to win. They already beat them this year. I think they'll beat them again. Um, and I think this is going to be a really close game, honestly. I think these are two fairly evenly matched teams. Steelers probably being a little better, but hey, the Steelers' record is unblemished, and I think they're, you know, the target's growing kind of big on them. So I kind of like the Ravens in the underdog spot here. Who knows what comes Sunday, what I'll pick you know, straight on. But if you're giving me four and a half, I'd rather take that with the Ravens and lay it with Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um... I'm the same way, Lee, pretty much. Um, I think this line opened at two and a half or three. Uh, I think it was three. And I kind of leaned Pittsburgh there. And it's not that one and a half points does all too much. But I do think we're starting to see – I think both of these teams are are being misjudged by the market in in opposite ways. I think I got to give Pittsburgh credit for what they've done this year. But they are definitely overrated. Not in the fact that they're overrated generally, but they're not – Near, I don't think they're near the best team in the NFL. I still think the Chiefs are better than them, um, and I think you can have they're more in that you know Saints, you know Seattle types. You know there's a there's a little bit of a drop, and they're closer to the Ravens, I think. And then the Ravens, on the other hand, have had two tough losses: the Patriots and that in Tennessee, which you know could have gone either way. That was a pretty great game, um, and I think this is a nice bounce back spot for them. And I do think. You know, Klepp, you you alluded to it. It remains to be seen who's going to be you know made available for this game uh, compared to if it were, were to be played tomorrow night. Um, but you know, I think I'm going to pick the Steelers. But if I were to take a side, I would take the Ravens because I do think this is going to be a close game um, that kind of comes down to a couple possessions in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Raiders uh, are going to Atlanta. Raiders lost on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs, so it was another really great game from from last week. Falcons really disappointed me against the Saints. I thought that they were going to win the game, uh, and they got just killed by Taysom Hill, and that uh, defensive line really just tore up their O-line and got nothing going on offense for them. I like the Raiders here. I don't. I mean, I don't think the Falcons are going to have as much any issues on offense. The Raiders' defense is still pretty tough and a little bit, you know, they make a few plays here and there, but ultimately I don't trust them uh, when – in the fourth quarter on drives that it, it really matters. And I, I think the Raiders just end up winning this one though. They're a better coach team all around with Gruden over Raheem Morris. And I think that one's kind of the deciding factor here. 
Yeah, this is best bet number two for me, man. I'm going to go back to the well with the Raiders minus three. Um, I think the stock for the Falcons is going down. Uh, their offense, Julio's banged up. Matt Ryan doesn't look great. The flair from Raheem Morris has obviously kind of played out a little bit. They were kicking a bunch of field goals last week against the Saints, and their defense got split up. I know the play calling was, was good, and the Saints have a lot of weapons on offense, but still you're dealing with Taysom Hill on the other side in his first real start in the NFL. And then on the, Ra- the Raiders, on the other hand, I can't even remember the last game they didn't cover. They've won every game they're supposed to win. They're doing exactly what they have to do. They beat the Chiefs once. They looked really impressive to me. Obviously, the Chiefs kind of buttered through them on defense, but the Chiefs can kind of, they can do that to anyone in the league, I think. We saw them do it to the Ravens, which is one of the best defenses in the league earlier in the season. And we here we see the Raiders, who've been a cover machine the past few weeks, beating the Browns, beating the Chargers and covering, beating the Broncos and covering, covering against the Chiefs last week, laying three in Atlanta against a team that I just – think is a kind of at a sell point right now i think the raiders are going to run the ball control the pace Carr's not going to make many mistakes i don't think the falcons defense is necessarily going to rise to the occasion um and i think the raiders are kind of going to run away with this one by seven or ten yeah lee i was getting ready to steal your thunder and and break out that trade market trade market uh best bet number one i can't say the trademark but uh raiders minus three man i think looking at the card this is probably one of my more favorite bets um, and, and Lee, you pretty much summed it up. Klepp, you did too. I mean, better coaching. Um, the only thing that I think you guys haven't mentioned, maybe, that I think deserves to have some harping on is Derek Carr, man, is playing probably his best football since his, his MVP S season where he broke his leg in Week 16. Um, I think the Raiders are just a, a hot team that I think when you talk about that next level of wildcard teams with the Clevelands and the Miamis, um, I don't know if I'm missing any. I guess you could throw Tennessee in there too. I mean, I won't throw Tennessee because I think Tennessee and the Raiders, Tennessee might be a little bit better of a team, I think. But the Raiders are the best out of those teams, I think. Their offense is humming. On defense, you know, they do have some issues. But I think, Lee, you talked about it with the Chiefs and what they're able to do to opposing defenses. And the Falcons, man, their offense has been pretty dead. Like, I would I would think that this would be an over game for me where both these teams are going to be scoring a good amount. But the Falcons' offense, they're just not as explosive as they were earlier in the season. Matt Ryan, I think his play has gone down a little bit. And the Raiders going into Atlanta with all the factors that you guys talked about, probably a better defense, which is something they can't say about a lot of other teams. I just think they're they're clearly the side, and I think three is a little bit low for them. So I will be taking them minus three as well. Uh, this is, I mean, this is a little bit of a, a maybe more of an off-season conversation, but you're looking at a guy like Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. Like, what are the chances? I guess, like, first first question: What is the percent chance that they are on their respective teams next year? Um, that situation is a little more difficult for Matt Ryan because of his contract situation. Because there'd be a lot of uh, dead cap for that. But so, what's the percent chance for that either one of those guys is off their team next year? And then, what's the percent chance that they're both? You know, quarterbacks on the team still, but there's a young quarterback that's been drafted in the first round behind them. I think at least one of them will for sure be on a different team, if not both. I mean, I can see Stafford more likely leaving because I think Stafford has more left in the tank, honestly. And I think that he's a little bit more valuable in the open market. And I, I don't know, Atlanta will probably have a higher pick. So... If they have an opportunity to draft one of the upper echelon quarterbacks, they're going to do that, and and Matt Ryan will be the guy to kind of groom him in. Um, not saying that Detroit wouldn't do that with Stafford. I just think it'd be more likely to happen in Atlanta with the new coaching regime kind of coming in. If they're going to get a new coach or keep Raheem Morris, having you know Matt Ryan be there as a guy to kind of walk the new the new heir apparent through the uh, process of being the starter there. Yeah, Klepp, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, conversation that I'm sure we'll be following throughout the next, you know, nine months. Um, and I think, you know, the contractual, you know, the reality of the contractual situation that you alluded to with Klepp, what Stafford has one more year after this um, on his deal. Isn't he up in 20 at the end of next year? Yeah, I think he has, I think he has two years left, but there's like a yeah. team option, option out. Like it's, it's, um, that at the very least, from what I know, this is like the first year where it's not completely detrimental to the cap to get rid of him. Yeah, um, I think they both probably could benefit from a change of scenery, but I kind of see. St- I mean, 
I don't know. Maybe this is maybe it's a little biased from Ryan winning his MVP or something like that. I mean, I I expect both teams to have a new uh, you know, coach and GM um next year. And I just think that I don't know, man. Like Stafford with you talked about the contract, I think he's a little bit easier to acquire because of that. And when I think of Atlanta, um, I guess for both teams, they don't need a quarterback necessarily, but I guess it just depends on whomever finishes off worse and has a higher draft pick. Um, I just think the prospect of a full rebuild in, in Detroit seems a little bit more realistic to me than in Atlanta. Um, so, And, you know, you're already having people in the media saying, oh, should the Lions have taken Herbert at three or should the Lions have taken Tua at three? There's already that narrative being, being uh, you know, talked about and everything like that. So... I think it's going to be really interesting to monitor throughout the year, um, but I guess I would say, as of right now, I think Stafford has a higher shot of being replaced. Uh, the Bills are coming off their bye week after a game where they lost on the Hail Mary to the Cardinals. They got a nice assist, though, last week from the Broncos, so the Dolphins still stay a game behind them in that AFC divisional race. The Chargers are coming to town, and I like the Bills here. I, think, I just think the Chargers are extremely poorly coached. Um, I mean, you even see last week the Jets have a chance to tie the game at the end of it. Um, and I think, you know, Justin Herbert should give him all the respect in the world. Um, none of us were really that high on him uh, going into the draft, and he maybe has played the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks. Hasn't necessarily translated to wins yet, but I do think he has a little bit um, of a tougher time going up against Sean McDermott and the Bills' defense. Um, out in Buffalo than he maybe has had in some of his more recent dome games against weaker defenses. So um, give me the Bills and the minus six. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be quick to lay the six just because the Chargers have been so feisty in a lot of their games. But um, but yeah, I like the Bills in this spot. Um, it should be interesting to see kind of the Bills off the bye. The Chargers have kind of been a live team. Plep, you talked about Herbert and his ability to kind of keep their – team in games and you know keep that offense high flying so i'm interested to see kind of how that plays out but um i'd stay away from the point spread but if i had to i'd lay the six with buffalo and pick them on the money line just because they're coming off the bye and i think their defense is going to rise up at home yeah i'm with you guys i'm on the bills uh kind of more with lee where i'm, I'm hesitant to, to lay that amount of points just because i think the chargers are capable of a backdoor and the Bills' defense, I don't think, is very good, or at least you know, last year that really was the engine that drove their team, and, and this year I think we've seen a bit of a regression. Uh, in that aspect, I kind of like this over at 52.5. I would probably put this more in like the 55 range or a little bit higher. I just think, I guess i got to check on the weather in Buffalo and how much wind there's going to be, but I think that these teams are going to kind of be going score for score um, with the state of their defenses, and um, you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of punts in this game. So... I think both have live offenses, and there's going to be a lot of scoring. So I'm probably more on the over. Uh, Lee, do you want to take this one here with your blue-collar boys and the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, the New York football giants are a six-point favorite on the road in week uh, 12. That's pretty insane to think about. Uh, obviously, the main reason for that is Joe Burrow not being the quarterback for the Bengals after the injury last week, and they're starting Brandon Allen, <clears throat> and they just picked up. The is that the former Razorback? Um, it is. Former, former Razorback, former Bronco. Um, he beat the Browns last year with the Broncos. Ended my survivor. Ended my survivor last yeah. year, week nine. Ended mine, too. Yeah, we were, we were both around the Browns. But, you know, the I'm not you know going to rush to the to the window to bet the New York Giants minus six. But, hey, I mean, Brandon Allen's playing quarterback for the Bengals. They're a pretty lifeless team without Burrow. Even with Burrow, they weren't necessarily super competitive. They were live. Um Giants coming off a bye, just as much in this division race as anybody else. Probably playing the most consistent, best football in the NFC East. Um, if you know, by by a marginal amount still. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to take the Giants here. If I had to take a number, I would lay the six with the New York Giants. I'm not going to bet on uh, Brandon Allen to like work again. Um, I don't necessarily think that he's any better than Ryan Finley. Um, so, I, you know, it's not like he's going to be a quarterback that's going to keep them in the game where their offense is all of a sudden going to be live now because Brandon Allen is playing. I think they're going to kind of get trounced by, the, by a bad team in the Giants. 
Uh, yeah. Um, this is this is interesting. Earlier in the week, I was I was talking to Lee. The Giants were four and a half, then the five point favorites, and I was like, man, kind of think I'm gonna put a heavy wager on the Giants this year. Maybe hedge a little bit against Lee and I's straight up bet. And also, I saw <laughs> I saw uh, he's hedging week twelve. I'm hedging. Hey, I might be hedging. Um, tomorrow is huge. I mean, hey, come on, it's huge. If we're tied, Lee, I think you forgot Lee yesterday. I mean, last week you said the football team's not winning another game. And here, yeah, and you're talking about oh, their offense is live with Alex. <laughs> Joe Burrow went down. That's the only reason that they yeah. scored 20 points in the game. And that's the only reason that the Giants are dash six this this weekend. All right, man. I wish I wish Joe Burrow was still healthy so he could have a chance to hand you guys a loss. All right. Yeah. Whatever, man. Any hoot, any hoot. Um, the Giants are the side here. I don't really see Brandon Allen keeping this Bengals offense live without without Mixon and. I didn't even know. I thought Brandon Allen was selling the Broncos, to be honest, literally up until 20 minutes ago. So um, I think the Giants are the side here. Their defense is a little live. Hopefully they can get some pressure on that Bengals, uh, on that offense and that awful offensive line. And then the Giants' offense is live, especially against a Bengals defense that is that is pretty bad. So uh, I'm hesitant to take the six, but I think I will probably end up doing it um, with the Giants. Uh, a big matchup in the AFC South between the Colts and the Titans on Thursday Night Football. I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, Colts had a pretty convincing win. Obviously, there were some things in there with a, a punt block and and certain things of that nature that you know propelled them to to a bigger victory. But I mean, the winner of this game is going to be in first place of the AFC South. Um, if that's the Indianapolis Colts, they'll be in the driver's seat with a two and zero record against the Titans. Um, I, this is, you know, one of the most interesting games of the week, uh, perhaps if not the most. Um, even just considering playoff um, implications, this one is this one's massive, and the Colts have really had the Titans number, um, which would make me just stay away from this one. Um, I'm still not super sold on the Colts for some reason. I don't really know why. I probably should like them more than I do, um, but I would, I guess, just it's hard to bet with. I mean, Philip Rivers has a little toe issue going on. I don't know. It's I'm I'm more on the Titans side, but the Colts have kind of owned them, so this is just a stay away for me. Yeah, it's tough to find a side in these divisional games. Um, I picked the Titans on the show last time they played, but then changed my mind and picked the Colts before kickoff. So don't trust my opinion on this, but I will say the one thing I do agree with from that podcast where I picked the Titans was that I think they're going to split the season series, these teams. Um, and I think this is an opportunity where the Titans, coming off a big win, I'm um, going to go into Indianapolis. The Colts have been playing really well recently. Like you, Pup, I probably am going to stay away. But I'm going to pick the Titans. I think they're going to be able to kind of keep the game close, and they thrive in the fourth quarter, get some pressure on Phillip Rivers, and uh, kind of take a little bit of a stranglehold on the division. I think that's something that the Titans would be – that would be in their best interest, honestly, is, is, is winning this division and not – getting a wild card berth in the playoffs. So like you said, Pup, huge for playoff implications. And don't think the Colts don't know that too. Like the, those are some veterans on the other side, probably going for the same thing. So looking forward to this one, probably going to stay away. But you're getting over three points of the Titans, and I'm looking at it as a co uh, coin flip game. So you can get three and a half, I'd take it with Tennessee. Yeah, guys, a lot of good analysis there. Um, I kind of feel the same way, Lee. Um, I think these teams are pretty close in the fact that the Titans are getting three and a half. Um, might be a little too much, but I got to go with the Colts here just because I think they, they offer the higher floor, and I think that last game showed it, and I think the game against Green Bay last week, I think a lot of it has to do with Green Bay being pretty soft and conservative in the second half, letting the Colts get back into this game, but I'm, I'm very eager to fade the Colts in the playoffs, You know, hopefully on the road somewhere cold, but when they're in that dome, I don't think I think Philip Rivers is able to oper operate pretty well. The elements aren't there with them. Um, they're able to run the football, and the Titans' pass defense is still. I mean, their defense overall is really bad. Not a lot of pass rush, and they can't really defend the pass that well either. Um, and, and we're seeing our collective BJP boy Michael Pittman Jr. start to come into his own a little bit. Took a slant to the house last weekend. Um, you know, I just think the Colts just have a little bit more juju here. I think this, these teams are pretty even, but 
you know, I think the Colts are just a little bit more of a well-oiled machine right now. Um, so I'm probably going to take them. If I had to take a side, though, I'd probably take the Titans, though, with the three and the hook. Um, the Browns and the Jags. Uh, probably not too much to talk about here. The Browns have just been kind of winning games against teams that they're better than the whole year. Um, sitting at 7-3. and three. Just kind of peering down the home stretch for the Browns. I mean, they play the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Jets um, in their last six games. The other three are pretty t- tough with the Titans, Ravens, and Steelers. But I, I see this team getting to 10-6 and six and, and getting to the playoffs just based on the those three Jags, Giants, and Jets games. Uh, they're playing the Jags who are starting Mike Glennon. He's back, baby, uh, in the NFL as a starting quarterback. I think they go down to Jacksonville and just take care of business here. The Jags have really been in quite a slide lately since that week one win against the Colts, which is uh, proving to be one of the bigger aberrations. I mean, this, this is your two teams that have beaten the Colts. How about that? Yeah. Who made the Browns friggin' schedule? Because they haven't beaten anybody impressive. Outside of the Colts game, their best win is the Eagles, the Texans, the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, and, that's and they've been killed, smacked, and they've been killed by the Ravens and Steelers. Smacked by the Ravens, smacked by the thirty-eight to six Ravens, thirty-eight to seven yeah. Steelers. This team is now playing Jackson. Put it in the prophecy; they're going to lose to the Giants, December twentieth, one o'clock p.m. The New York Giants are going to beat the Cleveland Browns, and it's going to snow in New York. That's what I've got to say, because there's no way they're going ten and six. Screw the Browns, man. Fine, they can run the ball. Stefanski's a good coach. Their but works, like good for their fan base, but man, hey, not a great team. and this is why going back to our offseason conversation, we were looking at win totals. It was at eight and a half, and I think a lot of it. Re- I think they had the easiest schedule based on last year's record come in, and, and that's kind of rearing its head. I'm glad I didn't make that bet. I'm glad I didn't make that bet. Just screw the Browns. You beat the Texans by we, three. You beat the Eagles. It's just we had a very animated conversation over some Chipotle on an August summer night. Well, that was about Baker Mayfield. It was about the Browns. It was about the the. It was about the potential that Stefanski brought to the team. That was the Lansing Chipotle incident. <laughs> no, that was not the Lansing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think that the Browns are that great. I'm with um, you, man. I'm with you. They're a fraudulent their team. Has, their schedule has benefited them in a ridiculous way. Yes. And sure, they'll beat the Jaguars, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not in a rush to lay the six and a half with them either. I'm not either. If I had to, I probably would because I'm not going to bet on the Jaguars. Tommy teaser leg number one. Browns down to plus a half or minus a half. That's all I got to say about this. I think uh, the Browns are going to win this game. Mike Glennon's coming in. The Browns defense is not good by any means, but they can run the ball. Jacksonville's one of the worst run uh, run defense teams in the league. They're going to have Chubb and Hunt a healthy dose of that all day. Um, and then Baker, you know, the secondary, this, this, the Jags are just the second worst team in the NFL right now, and, and it shows that. Um, so, in the end, uh, I think uh, the Browns are the side here, and definitely a great teaser leg, I think, at still six and a half. Uh, Panthers and Vikings, not too much to talk about here. Two kind of frisky teams that are outside of the playoff line that lost last week to the Cowboys kind of sealed the deal for the 2020 Minnesota Vikings. It seems like they're stuck at four and six. Uh, hard to see them being able to propel themselves into the wild card uh, conversation. I'll take the Vikings just at home uh, against the Panthers. It looks like Bridgewater is going to play, but McCaffrey not not quite yet all the way back. Big for Tommy in his matchup against Stofe in Dynasty this week. Um, Amen. But I'll, I'll take the Vikings. I wouldn't necessarily bet it. I think the Vikings will win, but it could be a close one. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Cuff. I probably like the minus four a little bit more than you do. I think that's a fairly good number to take the Vikings at because although they are four and six, like I wouldn't necessarily count them out to still be in the hunt come playoff time with the seventh seed getting to that nine and seven. I think the Vikings can possibly do it. I wouldn't bet on them to do it, but this is kind of where that starts. You got some good veterans in that locker room that, you know, are, are probably they're definitely realistic about their prospects, but they can still kind of see um, a little bit of hope there. So I think they're going to play hard and beat Carolina. When did I become the Panthers guy on the podcast? The Panthers at plus four is, is the side for me um, because of their offense. Minnesota's defense is not good. You saw a quasi-live offense with the Cowboys, 
uh, with with Andy Dalton, their receivers, and the Panthers offer the same thing. Christian McCaffrey being out doesn't really do. I mean, obviously it's Christian McCaffrey; he's a great football player, but that doesn't really move the needle too much for me. The bulk of their wins came when they had Mike Davis in. He works well in their system. Joe Brady is calling some of the best offense offense in football right now. The Vikings' def, uh, secondary is awful, and the Panthers have three really good receivers with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel. Um, I'm not going to say the Panthers are going to win this game, but this is going to be a one-possession game where the Panthers' offense, I think, is always going to be live. And it's also a Teddy B revenge game. This is probably the first time he's going back to Minnesota, I'm assuming, since his uh, his untimely departure from there. And there's just no way that I, – I have no doubts that the Vikings are going to score too, but – this is a game that probably would be an overlook for me. I just think both of these teams are going to be able to score. And if you're giving me the Panthers um, over three, I think that's something that I would take. So I'm on the Panthers. Didn't he go back there with the Saints and like take a snap and they applauded him? He, he might have. He might have. It's definitely his first start. For sure, his first start, yeah. Um, I don't quite remember. Anyways. Um, Cardinals and Patriots, uh, Cardinals are minus three. Uh, I kind of like them in this spot. I mean, it is the cross country trip. It is still Belichick, but, um, Patriots are really uh, having a tough season. It's not quite all on Cam Newton, but he's not really helping at the end of the day. He's quarterback who cost them a million dollars. So I don't know if it's all on him really. Um, I thought they would be a lot better than they are, but they're not. Um, I'll take the, the Cardinals here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this my third best bet. Um, the Cardinals minus three, a team that I've kind of been backing all year through thick and thin. Um, it definitely concerns me that, you know, probably be pretty cold in Foxborough. I'm assuming that'll be, yeah, the Cardinals' first really, like, cold game of the year, if it is even cold. I'm assuming it'll be a little brisk. Um, three points, though. I mean, gosh, Patriots, right when they – give the the fan base uh hope there after the, the the ravens win in baltimore to turn around and lose to houston um in a kind of an uninspiring way and you know the, the season seems a little bit lost here for new england whereas arizona got the longer week after playing on thursday i know kyler's a little banged up but they uh their schedule is not going to get any easier and i think this is a game where they that they know they need to win and I guess I am a little worried about betting it because of there are a few factors that shy me away a little bit, but I'm going to ultimately just kind of like push through with my belief in Kyler and even Cliff Kingsbury to just coach their way in and out of New England and get a win against the Patriots team, which has been easier this year than it ever has in our lifetime. Yeah, this is tough, man. Um, I, I definitely am going to be picking the Cardinals, but – I just don't know the status of Kyler's shoulder. Um, he didn't look that hampered against Seattle, but and I know probably a lot of their attacker is going to come on the ground, but I'm not confident really enough in that. That would be probably the chief reason why I'm going to stay away from the total. I mean, from the side. But uh, in terms of the total, 49 and a half, I probably should do a little bit more research. But that just kind of seems like an underlook to me. I just kind of if this game out outdoors in the cold, um, a lot a lot of the football being run and two you know okay defenses um you know that's kind of something that stuck out to me just initial thoughts um but i'm i'm definitely gonna be picking the cardinals in our pick them but uh, i don't know if i want to lay the three with them uh yet uh the dolphins are visiting the jets lee right when you jumped on the dolphins train they uh they burned you um uh i i think they'll come out and win this one against the jets but I guess yeah. the, maybe some of the steam on the hey the Dolphins are actually a really good team uh, has 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 left the it's not it's not so much I don't know what I'm saying but yeah. you know no no I think they are the air is out of the balloon I think they are what they are and uh, you know Tua was playing solid ball he obviously had his first really kind of bad game against Denver where he just didn't look very good um, hey man Denver is live at home. And Miami's not necessarily unbeatable, although they, they look like it for a couple weeks there. Playing the Jets, uh, you know, not going to take the Jets here, obviously, but I think that it's probably good that the Dolphins' steam is kind of like simmered down a bit because people are getting a little too excited about them. I don't necessarily think that they're that great. I still think that they're maybe a year or two away from really 
being a, a great team. Um, well, I mean, Tua. Tua has to pan out. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they got a couple early picks. Like, I, I have confidence in their ability to be there, though. I just think they're, they're well-led by Flores. And they got some they got some really good pieces on defense. Shout out Raquan Davis. Don't know who's going to be playing running back for Miami. Um, with Gaskin coming off IR hopefully soon, but I'm sure, I don't think he's going to be ready for this game. And then my boy Ahmed uh, hurt his shoulder a little bit, so I don't know if it's going to be Breida or or whoever. Um, but yeah, I think that the Dolphins are going to end up winning this game. Probably going to stay away from the side just because Darnold's coming back and the Jets are. <laughs> I don't want to believe they're going to go 0-16, but it sure is looking like it. Um, but I'm not necessarily sold on it. Like I think that they can get a sneaky win in one of these games to prevent that from happening. It's happened a lot of times before where teams go 1-15 um, unexpectedly. So I'm going to take the Dolphins, but stay away from, from laying anything. Yeah, um, I'm, this is kind of a stay away for me. Uh, is, is Darnold for sure coming back? Is that, uh, He's day-to-day. Is that confirmed? They don't know day-to-day. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that definitely is an upgrade at, at the quarterback position. Um, kind of want to, kind of want to lay an over here at forty-four and a half. That seems a little low to me. Uh, I think the Dolphins definitely can score on the Jets' uh, defense, and I think you know the Jets should be able to do their part and I don't know get some points. But you know, I never, I, you never know with the totals. Those, those are something that um, you know I never, I'm not very successful with. Um, yeah, I think you know the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a better team. Definitely, I'm going to be staying away from this. Um, I would make it a teaser leg, but I think the game we're about to go to next is is a better teaser leg. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, Lee, I'm with you. I think the the Jets should be due for a win. Uh, I don't want to think they're going to go 0 16, but sure as heck looks like that's kind of the the future that um, you know is that's what the future holds for them. So we'll see, and uh, maybe hopefully a bounce back pack bounce back spot for the Dolphins uh, with Tua, who had a tough a tough week in Denver last weekend. So the Saints are going to the Broncos. Broncos, two straight games at home here. And uh, Taysom Hill uh, showed pretty reasonably well, um, considering that we had never seen him start a full game in the NFL at quarterback. Uh, obviously, the arm talent in the you – know, maybe the, the touch department is not elite uh, whatsoever. But um, his running ability makes him – you know, effective. I think, I mean, hey, not that he's, you know, the runner that Lamar Jackson is, but I mean, you can have quarterbacks who are mobile and a threat on the ground who can't necessarily throw super well, still be effective depending on how you coach them up. And Sean Payton's one of the best in the business. And the, the defense is, is playing really well. Um, time to kind of sort of respect that. Trey Hendrickson's having a, an unbelievable season for them. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the the Saints here, even with the minus six, I'd still take them. I mean, they said the defense again, too. I mean, Marshall and Lattimore was out last week, and they looked great. I know Julio left the game for um, in early on, but still, uh, the Falcons couldn't get really anything going through the air either. So, I'm on the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Saints, but I'm not in a rush to lay the six. I'd probably take six with Denver just because – Denver's been a really frisky team at home, and they um, have found a way to stay in games and win as underdogs. So that's just something that I'm not really in a rush to do. But, yeah, I mean, by all means, the Saints should win this game. Um, They've been pretty impressive recently. I don't want to overreact too much to last week because I think the Falcons looked really bad and couldn't really run the ball at all, kind of pigeonholed their offense, and they just were were not really executing anything well. So... I'm going to stay away, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be picking the Saints. Yeah, I just alluded to it on the last uh, – you know, I don't know what I think about the minus six, but I'm looking at a Brown-Saints road road favorites teaser um, down to, to pick them basically for both of them. Uh, you know, this has been kind of my MO on the Saints through the past couple of years. I just think they're a bit of a blue chip, really well coached. Clep, you talked about the defense. They're really starting to come together after looking really bad for the first part of the season. Uh, and then Taysom Hill was, you know, impressive. Obviously, the Falcons' defense is, you know, not very good. He's probably going to need an upgrade this week in Denver in the cold. But I still think they're going to be able to run their offense pretty efficiently with Kamara and, Tom- and Michael Thomas and just an all-around running game. And they don't really need to bomb the ball downfield um, too much. So, um, yeah, I think this is probably going to be a low-scoring effort, and I'm going to go with 
the Saints who are better in in every aspect. Uh, aspect. This kind of this could be a lot like the uh, the Chicago game from a couple weeks ago. Now that uh, Manny Sanders is off your fantasy team, are you no yep. longer uh, rooting for him or, or pulling uh, pulling your weight on the train? I was well. I'm, I'm, that's kind of what I was talking about with that deep sh- the deep ball. There were Sanders had that that uh, touchdown they called back from a holding uh, call, and yeah, I'd no longer need to pull for a aggressive downfield attack from um, from the Saints. But hey, Manny Sanders revenge game is that a little uh, narrative we can hop on going back to Denver? Um, yeah, he's not on my team anymore. I'm an Eckler guy now, guys. I don't know if you knew that. Got Eckler on the squad. No. <laughs> You're a scumbag. <laughs> I gave you the boot last week, so you had to get Eckler. That's why. You scumbag. Is it? What's worse, Hutton or Daigle at GM? Daigle. It's got to be Daigle, but hey. At least Hutton's out of the closet. <laughs> trying to be that. Daigle like literally can't even process that we're in the year 2020. He's playing Madden 10 still. Or maybe. Or friggin', <laughs> he's he's getting a cumulative two ACLs and age 30 for Austin Eckler who's 25 and was what like the RB six before the season. It's just like nonsense, nonsense. But hey, we we're gonna we're gonna drive right through it like we have with all the other bad trades. Just what happens. Um. 49ers visiting the Rams. Uh, Rams have just looked really, really strong over the past couple weeks. Big wins against the Seahawks, wins against the Buccaneers. So uh, I like them at home here against a, a depleted Niners team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Niners got the best of them in the first matchup um, as underdogs. I think the Rams take care of kind of a hampered Niners team this week. Um, saw it at seven earlier in the week. I would be interested in maybe taking the Niners plus seven, but Nick Mullins at quarterback and kind of their season um, being lost in the fray in that division, uh, I don't have too much confidence in them, so I'm going to take the Rams. Yeah, this is tough. Um, Lee, if I remember correctly, you and I were both on the 49ers with Klepping on the Rams in that earlier matchup, um, and I guess they don't have Garoppolo, but... I think Shanahan always plays McVay tough. He's he's kind of had his number um, in the past couple two years, uh, so that six and a half is definitely where I would lay my my bread if I had to. Um, but I got to give some props to the Rams. Um, they're playing really well. Their defense, I think, is you know, in a year where there hasn't been a lot of dominant defenses, they're kind of shaping up to be probably a top three defense. And I know I've said that about Tampa and Baltimore and Pittsburgh and. Uh, Miami, I probably said about last week, but I, I really do think the Rams are really starting to come into their own. Aaron Donald playing at an MVP level. Jalen Ramsey looks like the best corner um, in the NFL. And and last week, I couldn't remember his name, number 31, but Darius Williams, their other corner uh, across from him, looks really good as well, too. So then on offense, you know, they, they've got a, a lot of weapons and really good receiver core. And Jared Goff, who's Sean McVay. So. Um, I probably am going to have to pick the Rams just because the 49ers are kind of fighting an uphill battle right now. But if I had to take a side, it'd be the, the Niners plus six and a half. The Rams also have the icy tusk away unis. Tusk. Bone, right? Isn't that the color? Is it... the, 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 the yeah. bone, yeah, the bone unis that are, that are nice and icy. They're good. I, I gave Lee his credit for that. Uh, I was like, you, you were right. You know, in, in my defense, they looked awful. On the whatever they released him on, like the the when yeah. they I'm with you, club. When they posted the picture of him, they the, looked terrible. The, I'm not in love with the blue gradient home uniforms. They're fine, but the 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 bone whites, the roads are are nice, man. Those are nice. Um, this is this is I think the the premier match. I mean, there are a lot of great matchup this week, but Chiefs Buccaneers super exciting. Uh, Lee, I kind of want to toss this to you. There's been some talk about the Bucks offense and a little shade being thrown at Byron Leftwich for not being super imaginative, you know, not motioning as much as maybe he should. Um, we're big Byron Leftwich guys. I think Tommy is too. Um, is there is any of that any any concern, any points of criticism for Byron or what's you know what's going on here? Well, I mean, it's just he's the he's the finger that or he's where the finger is being pointed now because they lose another game in prime time. They look bad, man, against the Rams. I mean, the Rams probably should have blown them out. Uh, 
their defense really, Tampa Bay's defense kept them in the game. Offense looked bad, straight up bad. Um, it's a little bit concerning, obviously, being a, a Buccaneers backer for a while now that their offense on two separate occasions against the Saints and the Rams I'm referencing has looked this bad, and even in a couple other times in prime time, just not looking very good. Um, but at the same time, like, I still believe in the Buccaneers. Like, I still trust their coaching and their personnel to fix the mistakes that they're making, and by the time it really matters, I believe that they're going to be a really hard team to beat. Now, the division is slipping away from them, which is obviously not in their favor, but I'm going to take them to beat the Chiefs this weekend. I think that wow. maybe it's, it's obviously a little bit of the emotional bias of, of liking the Buccaneers. I'm not going to bet the game, but right when every single time when the, when the people kind of start to say, oh, Brady's old, Brady's not playing well, look at the primetime numbers, look at Byron Leftwich, every time people try to point the finger at the Buccaneers, they've responded really well. Um, I don't think the Chiefs are going to go 15-1, and one, which is kind of like how it looks right now. They're beating everybody that seemingly can't lose. Um, and I think the Buccaneers are going to play them really hard. This is my Super Bowl prediction, so I expect it to be a close game. Um, wouldn't be shocked at all if the Chiefs won, but I'm going to ride with the Bucks here because I do think that they're at the level to compete with the Chiefs, and I think at home, why not, you know? Yeah, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think the Chiefs are going to go 15-1 and one, uh, either, but I guess I'll be wrong picking them one of these weeks. I don't think it's going to be this week. Um, I do think that the Bucks uh, may be a little fraudulent. I don't know, man. It's not even that they're fraudulent. I just think the Chiefs are just playing at a really high level right now. And I think anytime you can get the Chiefs under six, that's something you have to consider um, just because of how high-powered their offense is. And they have a defense that is a solid defense. And Brady just isn't playing very well right now, or at least didn't play well against the Rams. Just to push back a little bit, they've won their last two games by two and four points. Just saying. Haven't covered either of them. Yeah, I guess the Raiders. Um, and who'd they play before the Raiders, Panthers. if anyone? Panthers. Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. That's fair, but I still think that, you know, I mean, we both picked the Panthers. Plus ten and a half, that was pretty crazy. But And, you know, I, I, the point is taken. But I just think, yes, the Bucks should bounce back. But I just don't see the Chiefs having um, a bad game here. There's not a lot in terms of the elements, and I just think they're they're a better team. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is this is interesting. Um, I don't think either team is really going to have like a bad game. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game, and I just kind of think the Buccaneers will, you know, win in the last four minutes of the game. Yeah, that's impossible. Tommy, I'm with you uh, taking the Chiefs, but I would say. Lee, I agree with your point that I think both teams will play relatively well. And I think it's a situation where if the Buccaneers on offense struggle again, then you really start kind of ringing the alarm bells uh, sure. against this Chiefs team defense that has, you know, had some moments and some situational, um, you know, good plays and some playmakers obviously on that side of the ball, but overall has not been so fantastic. But it uh, should be a really good one there. Uh, and Sunday Night Football, big NFC North rivalry game one of the classic nfl rivalries got the bears and the packers i think trubisky will probably end up starting they haven't announced it yet um but uh give me the packers i guess i don't know the bears are just so boring they've been on such a bad slide since the bye week um so keep tumbling down they've been on a bad slide since trubisky played his most meaningful game in his career that's 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 when the bad slide started um yeah i'll take the packers I'll, i would even contemplate laying nine the only reason i wouldn't is because it'll be cold and probably windy even though it's a lambo and the packers are at home i think the bears defense is pretty good but i can wouldn't be shocked if the floodgates kind of break open in this one yeah i don't know i mean this is the first time i'm seeing this number and uh i just think nine is too much man for a divisional game um, the Bears, yes, they've been overrated by by you know by Jonah Lopas. Shout out! I know you're listening, Jonah. Um, by you know the the whole Bears movement, big we've been job, man. It out. Big job, man, Jonah. Big, big job, man. That's right. Um, you know we've we've our our tune has been in, in unison on the Bears this whole time. We thought they were fraudulent, and I still think they are fraudulent. But the Packers, man, are just kind of soft. I don't know, man. Like. I just think nine is way too much. Maybe maybe they'll cover. Um, but I think the Bears, this is a divisional game. They're always closer than they should be. 
outdoors. The total is 44 and a half, and the Bears are getting nine. So that means what? Let me do some quick math here. The implied score is 35 to 35 to 16. No, what is it? 35 to uh, six. 35 You're on an to, island here, man. 35 to six, something like that. I mean, I just, I don't know, man. I don't think the Packers' defense is that dominant. 35. To <laughs> 35. Uh, Thirty-five to six. I'm trying to. It's forty-four and a half. You gotta. You know what is the? It's, dude, thirty-five to six would be a twenty-nine point win for one team. Oh yeah, you're right, man. You're right. I was doing. Oh man. Quick math. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a crack at this one. I think it would be. Uh, you're looking at thirty-five to. Uh, twenty-four, twenty-six, thirty-five, twenty-six. No, 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 no. no, no. no. <laughs> 27 to, it, it's like 27 to 18. 27 to 18. <laughs> yeah, I think Lee's right. I think it is like 27 to 18. Yeah, I was, okay. I was subtracting 9 from the, yeah. Yeah, no, I, and then that I did the same thing, man. Work, it didn't work out. I did the same thing. 27 to 18. 27 to 18. I mean. 35 to 6. <laughs> so that's, that's nearly 30 points. Yeah. I'm the math guy here. All right, come on, give me, leave me alone. Um, maybe this is the last time that the Bears' defense. How about we just drop the whole implied total thing? It's just not, uh, not going to work. I'll, I'll get it next time. I'll get it next time. Uh, not much here to say. I'm going to pick the Packers, obviously, but I might, I might be laying Bears plus nine. Maybe, maybe the ultimate. How many, how many Bears plus um, fifteen and, and under fifty and a half teasers are going to be going out on Sunday night? I think that's the de facto frat frat uh, teaser of the week that I think I might be might be taking. Uh, like 20, 22 for eighteen. Um, Monday night football, Seahawks and Eagles. I like the Seahawks here. Um, I don't know, man. Eagles are, I think, in a really rough spot. Their schedule is not very forgiving down the road. They really needed to win. Um, uh, I you know, short-term memory loss here. They uh, they needed to beat the Browns, kind of. I think to give themselves a chance. I mean, they got Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals. Like I think that very could easily could be four losses coming up for them. Um, so huge game for the Eagles if they're ever going to get right. It's against the Seahawks defense, but. Uh, I think the pressure might be almost too much now on them. I don't know. It's it's crazy. They're three six and one and still leading the division. But uh, with the with Washington and Dallas playing each other this week and the Giants against the Bengals, um, their situation could look really dire after this week. Yeah, the Eagles are just trash. Um, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, they're one of my best bets actually for my losing week, first losing week of the year. Um, and they shouldn't have even been as close as the final score was. They scored a garbage time touchdown. Oh man, Wentz had like a twenty QBR. He's had I think he's one of the only quarterbacks in the league who's been so consistently bad this year. Um yeah, not a lot of, to be confident about. At what point are the Eagles just like the worst team in this division? That that's kind of the question now. Um really wouldn't even be shocked if they beat the Seahawks because that's kind of just been like what they do. This yeah. And not like the Seahawks are world beaters. No, exactly. And I mean, the Seahawks are coming off a bye, but the Eagles, it's prime time in Philly at home. They're probably just wearing the black uniforms or some stupid crap like that. Um, because there's nothing to inspire me to like the Eagles. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to pick Seattle, man. I'd even consider laying the five and a half off the bye. I just think the Eagles' defense is bad as well as their offense. And even if they can score a little bit on Seattle, I think, I think Russ pulls away. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to bet it. Yeah, man. Uh, I, yeah, Lee, I mean, I think you probably realized what I think I realized last week when just like the Eagles are a bad team, man, they're a really bad team. Uh, and Seattle is going to have their way with Philly's off, uh, Philly's defense. I think if Philly wins this game, this total of 50 is flying over, but I just don't really see the Eagles offense being able to, I mean, sure the Seattle's defense is pretty bad, but I just don't see the Eagles offense being able to muster that much. Um, so yeah, this is probably another nice T spot, but I probably would even take the Seahawks minus five and a half. It's, you're always playing with fire when you do that with, uh, Seattle, but, um, yeah, man, I'm on the Seahawks again. Last time this game was played, it was in the playoffs last year. 
big win for Tommy on the Seahawks. That was that was a great night. That was a Josh McCown uh, torn hamstring night. So that was the second leg of my one hundred for seven hundred eighty Vikings Seahawks <laughs> <laughs> You're such a joke, man. You bet on the Vikings, man. I love it. Um, yeah. I know you did, man. I know you did. But I, I, I was on the other side of that game, and the Saints broke my heart. Um, yeah, that was tough. But <laughs> go Seahawks, man. You're, you're the joke. Yeah, no, I am the joke. Yeah. Yeah, I am the joke. Hey, Tommy, uh, you were uh, at in second place in the BJP standings. Now you're on the outside looking in. Your thoughts? In terms of fantasy football playoffs. Yeah. You know what, man? Um, it's actually I was telling Lee this, but you know, I I I had a uh, I had a moment on on um, sad, Sunday night where I was just like, I need I need to make a trade. I need to get a running back in here. Like I need to. Uh... So I think I still think I'm live for better or for worse. You know, um, we're gonna see. I got Belage, who is a who's an Eckler handcuff, and I've just picked up Frank Gore, who looks like he's gonna be the bell cow going forward with Lamichael well, Pirine. <laughs> guy who i really enjoyed watching i got news for you buddy you're not alive i got news for you. well here's the thing here's the thing um i need you just got the boot by goose and your season's over you realized your season was over so you traded for eckler that's what happened well eckler eckler might be coming back this week if not this week he'll come back next week and it it comes down to you know klep klep when you beat danner that was that was a really big blow for me man because i had I don't know if I still do, but I have I still have you in points, Lee. So don't don't th- don't act like you're state safe. Yeah, I don't know if you have me. I do, I do. I looked. I looked. Uh, by I by uh points. by one point. Yeah, I got one point on you. <laughs> you got me. Man. You got me in points, bro. That's where it's. Like. Yeah. Well, guess what? Shot. You know, color me shocked that I get Daigle's best game last two weeks ago. Dude puts up what like 130 points on me after putting up 60 the whole 107 points, which is the equivalent of 130 for him. Um, you know, I mean, Hey dude, it's, it's not the end of the world. I'm, I'm just really happy about the future of my team going forward. Uh, next, my starting lineup next year is going to be one of the better lineups in the league. And I, and I got to take that for what it is. And it just comes down to now, um, I need a yaps loss clap to be honest with you. I got you in points and I still have Lee in points. We'll see how long that lasts and hopefully a down week from Sarkeesian. Um, cause I'm beating Gale week 13. You better believe I'm taking it to Gale week 13. Yeah. Gail took your spirit from you last she year. She did. You just might do it again. <laughs> just might do it again. I don't know. You're, She's a soul snatcher. She is a, She's a week 13 soul she is, she is a soul Swift snatcher. Swift will be back now. in full force. So. He, he will indeed. Um, you know, hey, it's uh, we we will see. This week is huge. Um, if I beat Chris, man, that's, that's live. You know, I'm alive. That's huge for me. Yeah, that's true. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, never mind. Dolan's playing. Dolan's playing Baker with uh, Hudden Baker with seventy point nine five rejected for Hudden. Kid's an absolute joke, man. Um, yeah, so Hudden has for sure realized that he made a grave mistake. Like, internally, you've got to believe he, he knows he made a grave mistake. Tank. He definitely like, by now. Like when he when he before he goes to bed at night and he closes his sleeper app, he's probably like, oh man, I I can fake this as long as I want, but I made I made some major mistakes that I 100% behind closed doors would have taken back. It's his, his season in fantasy has been like an Ari gold story arc for all of entourage where like, he just says now he's in season six or seven where he's getting humbled and he's, he's off. He's, he's, his, his infidelity and Coke binges are in the past. And now he just has to live with his decisions. Well, he was the loudest dude in the group for like the first four weeks. And then that kind of, that that kind of ended after a while, after a while that kind of got old. Um, so yeah, I mean, Hey, we got the best fantasy league in the world and, um, you know, Hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And how about this? The, how about this? Threw the ball around with Connor Ryan this morning a little bit. And, uh, it wasn't an interview per se, but, uh, our options are open. <laughs> and let's just say, uh, little known, uh, little tidbit of that trade club is I got three, one coming my way, which is where you picked Antonio Gibson. Uh-huh. And I'm hoping I'm open to having a similar impact player on the board for the Philistines, uh, and the and the top pick of round three. So, we uh, you know, would you say that the Connor Ryan interest may the come tape. in the form of a team? Oh, sorry, Merritt Lane Wi-Fi. 
Hey. No, you're all you're all good, no. buddy. You're all good. Lee, would you say the the Connor Ryan intrigue is maybe coming in the form of a uh, eventual team takeover or maybe a uh, BJP league ex- expansion? I wouldn't even consider expanding right now. It would be a team takeover. Yep. AKA a coup. Um, <laughs> it would be a takeover. It would be a coup. You can call it what you want. It would be it would be the us. The proof is kind of in the proverbial pudding, so to speak, Tommy. Yeah, no, I had some Wi-Fi issues right there, but I just... No, I'm just saying there's there's not much to analyze about, like, what, what could be fixed. This, it, would be the, it would be the Ides of March, metaphorically. All 11 of us in the league would, t- would hold down Daigle while Connor put the metaphorical blade in between his ribs and pierced his heart and took his team from him. It would be, it would be stuff of, of Greek mythology. You've got you to step on a few necks. Well, I will tell you that that Daigle, Daigle is very optimistic about the trade that I gave him. He thinks Le'Veon's going to land on his feet. And I told him, I said, your team's deeper. Um, and Lee, and Lee, I'd like... You sold him a diarrhea. How about this? We're on the air right now. I'd like you to apologize to me for saying that I wasn't going to be able to get value for Ebron. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that, that doesn't count. Young quarterback. Let the record show it was Ebron, Le'Veon Bell, Jarek McKinnon, Manuel Sanders, and a second-round pick for Eckler in a third. Oh, boy. Man, how old is Jarek McKinnon? 28. Jesus. Well, boys, uh, good, good episode. Great up. Great up. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Everyone be thankful. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great little slate tomorrow. And I'm I'm three for three on live bets from last week, so hopefully I can continue that momentum going into this week. Thank you stay safe.